Welcome to the Healthy University Podcast, where we'll be discussing issues of how to be healthier in your life, how to find the solutions to make you a healthier being and live a happier and healthier life. This podcast is brought to you by Bullying Recovery at bullyingrecovery.org. And now your host, Alan Eisenberg. Hi, this is Alan Eisenberg, and welcome to Healthy University and today's discussion about bullying recovery. This is our first episode of Healthy University, and as such, we're going to talk about uh, just my story in this one and why we're starting this Healthy University movement, or Healthy You, see if you get it, we have a little alliteration in there. Uh, about why we want to start focusing on these things in the world. Uh, I think it's really important that we realize that many of us have experienced mental damage uh, due to things that happened in our past or things that might even be happening right now. And all of that is okay, but it does happen and we have to accept that it does and then we have to also accept that we need to look for, for and seek help. What I say is that's like seeking help for something you really don't want to go seek help for. And what I kind of mean by that is that people don't really want to face their demons. So most of the time we bury it in our heads or in the past. That's exactly what I did when it came to bullying. For probably uh, 20, uh, maybe almost 30 years, I really buried it and didn't let it sink in that from second grade through seventh and eighth or almost eighth grade uh, I was bullied relentlessly and that did a lot of damage to my psyche and my self-worth and other mental attributes as well as some physical attributes of not liking who I was physically as well so you know I dealt with that um, for many years very poorly Uh, for example I would have uh, avoidance anxiety and I would avoid situations where I'd feel anxious. I also had a terrible case of displaced aggression. Displaced aggression being that thing when you really can't confront the person uh, or the thing that is really upsetting you because of whatever reason. One, they could overpower you. Two, it could be a work situation and you don't want to get fired. And so what you end up doing is you displace that aggression that you want to take out on the other person on your loved ones because you trust that they're not going to do anything uh, leave you or hurt you uh, and that becomes a dangerous aspect of having this uh, self-worth or, or aggressive issues so for me it represented itself in having a very short fuse getting angry really easily um, stress easily stressed a lot of anxiety um, and finally the anxiety took hold to the point where it put me in a depression. And I had to work myself through that. Uh, funny enough, I had started about six years earlier writing a blog about the long-term effects of uh, bullying. And because of what I wrote, and because it was relevant at the time, I got a good following. And I had about 1.2 million visitors in the seven years or so that I ran that site. And so through that, it encouraged me to actually start a, a company called Bullying Recovery LLC, which actually does support this uh, podcast. 
and also to write a book called A Ladder in the Dark, My Journey from Bullying to Self-Acceptance, which really tells my story of what happened, how I tried to bury these bad memories, but they could not really be buried. Uh, they're always with you. How they affected me and my actions through my, my life story. And then what I had to do to get through the recovery period and work with professionals, work with uh, myself and learning to accept myself uh, to develop ultimately that, that solution I was looking for. So that ladder in the dark that I'm referencing is, is a hole I dug. And uh, I had to get out of that hole uh, because that hole was dug by these memories of being bullied. And that did a lot of damage for me. So what I want to talk about here is really my personal journey and just allow you to get to know me, Alan Eisenberg, who's going to be hosting uh, this series of podcasts about healthy you. And I like calling it Healthy You versus Healthy University, obviously, because what we're trying to talk about is getting healthier. And the university aspect is going to come into play as we continue to grow this movement and this idea of having a a university based on health, at least online. Uh, I am an e-learning professional by day, so it's kind of interesting. I'm going to try to merge my love of talking and mentoring and and life coaching and discovery of some of these psychological and health aspects of life with my love of e-learning as well. So this podcast is just another version of how that is done through e-learning. But I think I'll start by just saying that, you know, I broke my mind once. So there was a time in my life where I broke my mind. That's a real thing. I'm not, you know, playing around when I say words like that. Um, it's to me, you know, mental health and having a break in your mental health is a lot like breaking a bone. And I talk a lot about this where, you know, I, I broke my foot at the height of my depression, probably the worst time possible. Uh, I actually dropped a boat hitch on my foot and broke it. And I was sitting there and I was realizing what I was about to go through. So what was the first thing that happened to me? So, uh... I was run to the hospital, obviously, x-rayed, and they discovered, well, actually, before the x-ray, they gave me pain medication, and pretty heavy-duty pain medication, and it immediately took hold, and I immediately felt no pain, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Then they put a cast on my foot, right? So, uh, at this point, I'm now on pain medication, and I have a cast on my foot. It's going to be there for six to eight weeks. And then after I'm done with the cast, they're going to take it off. Now my foot doesn't work nearly as well as it used to. So I'm going to go through therapy. And that therapy could be anywhere from a little time to a lot of time. And then I had a realization that that's the exact same thing that happens when you have a mental health issue or when, I like to say, you broke your mind. Uh, Meaning it can be repaired. You know, in most cases... We can repair our minds as we repair our feet. So in many cases, the first thing people do who have any kind of severe issue like depression or um, anxiety like I was experiencing and experiencing at such a high level that I actually did go seek help. So I did go and uh, seek uh, mental health help for the issue. 
And of course, the first thing they did was put me on medication because I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I was ruminating all day and all night, and I wasn't really functioning any longer as a person that I am. And so I thought that interesting that, of course, that's the first thing they're going to do when you have this problem uh, with breaking your foot. So you're getting medication, you're going to be on pain medication for a while. Uh, but that medication, and this is you know, my personal feeling, and that's what you're going to hear throughout a lot of these podcasts, is some, some opinion. Uh, medication in the mental health world is not there to cure you. It's there to stop the things that are stopping you from curing you. And what I mean by that is the rumination, the anxiety, uh, the stress, all of these things are the things that's stopping me from getting better. And I needed some sort of help to have that stop. And particularly in a depression, uh, in many cases, there's some good medications out there to help stop that from happening. So the only issue is they take about six to eight weeks to work. So, of course, you're not going to feel good at the beginning. In fact, it's going to make you feel worse, which is part of the problem. But we deal with that. Um, so uh, I thought that funny to be that you're probably taking medication when you break your foot for uh, an extended period in order to help get through that period. And then you're casted. So you have this cast for six to eight weeks. And so you can't do anything. And that's sort of the same thing I'm saying about medication is you have to wait for it to work. So you can't expect that miracle ma magic pill that's going to fix things if you're feeling bad. Uh, and then once, if, if the day they get it right, and sometimes they have to try several different medications because we're not all built the same, uh, you'll start to feel like you can get better. And that's really the beginning. It's not the end. So a lot of people quit at this point, and I've known several people that go, they want the magic pill, they, they want the magic pill, all of a sudden they feel a little better, but they still haven't resolved their problem. And the problem is what they have to face, the things they want that they have to face that they don't want to face. So ultimately, that's when we get into therapy. So just like your foot, it doesn't work right, your brain isn't working right quite yet, and maybe it never was until this moment, and now you need some form of therapy. Now that therapy can come in many different ways. It can come, you know, from talk therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, tuning. There are so many different ways. In fact, many of my guests will be people who will talk about the different therapies that are out there. For me, I'm pretty self-sufficient. I did a lot of research. I bought a lot of books. And I did go see a therapist for about eight months who really helped guide me to finding the solution. Luckily for me, I was willing to face my demons, and so it wasn't quite as hard uh, for me to deal with that because I was able to face my demons. Uh, I knew what they were. I knew it was about bullying, and uh, I wasn't hiding it any longer because I had spent six years writing my stories and talking about it. It just hadn't done anything to resolve it, and it started to eat at me. So now I had to go through resolution or what was actually accepting that which I didn't want to accept, that these things happened to me, that I did things in my life that I wasn't proud of because of other things that happened, 
And so I had to face that. And I think that was the hardest part, was really saying, this is a part of me, and I accept that, and I can't change it, so I have to let it go and just let it live as part of my story. Uh, but it, it isn't who I am. It, it doesn't have to make you who you are. And so once I decided that was the truth, then I started going into trying to change my behaviors. And I want to talk about for more about how I changed those behaviors uh, as I went through my crisis. But again, I had to find that ladder. There is no magic person, no magic medicine that is going to solve your problems for you. I really feel like a therapist isn't there to tell you what your problems are. They're there to help you through your problems. But if you can never admit what your problems are, it's going to be really hard to get better because you're never facing the demon inside and the therapist can't really guess that. So say, you know, in an extreme case, you deal with people who have um, child abuse in sexual abuse ways or things that they just don't want to face or talk about or maybe have buried so deep in their mind uh, or as I say, in the hole in the mind that they're having trouble recalling it. That's going to be a tough road, uh, and it does happen, and we know people suffer for long periods of time. So at some point, the hard part is you do have to face that again, kind of live through it again and get past it, um, and forgive it. You know, you're not necessarily going to be able to forgive people directly or get forgiveness. Now, I was very lucky because I was able to talk to uh, some of the bullies that I dealt with, and also a person that I bullied during this period as well when I was a youth, um, and apologize and say I'm sorry and get some closure. Uh, and that was great, but it doesn't always happen that way. So sometimes you just have to accept that you have to say the I'm sorry for the, the person. Say that I forgive them. Say I forgive myself and ultimately find a way to like yourself, if not fully love yourself, which is really the key point. Because there's only one person in the world who will be with you 365 days a year, 7 days a week, 24 hours a day for the rest of your life, and that is you. So you have to like you. You have to love you, probably. And I believe that there's really no way that you can actually like and love other people fully without first loving yourself because if you're always looking to the outside for that acceptance then you're going to struggle as people don't like you or as you have conflict which is a natural part of who we are as human beings uh, I have to stop take a break right now uh, but we'll be right back and do the second part of the show where we talk about a little more about bullying issues and what CPTSD or complex post-traumatic post stress disorder is. I uh, hope you're enjoying this and thank you for joining us on Healthy You. Deep in a dark hole in the recesses of his mind, Alan tried to bury all the bad memories of the bullying that happened to him. But memories can't be buried. 
and he would be haunted by his youth and these memories for a very long time to come. Then he must confront and come to terms with his own youth and the things that happened to him. Find out what Alan didn't want to remember. Read A Ladder in the Dark, My Journey from Bullying to Self-Acceptance. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most major book retail outlets. Hello, and welcome back to Healthy You, our discussion about uh, ways to be healthier and live your life in a more meaningful and healthy way. And in this episode, we're looking at my story, which is about the long-term effects of bullying and how that affected me in many ways in my adult life and in my whole life until I started to work through those problems. Uh, so I thought it'd be interesting um, as I was developing my book called A Ladder in the Dark, and again, that's available on Amazon or any major book retailer. Um, I was talking to my parents because I believe that there's something that is genetically part of the makeup of these things that happen to us. So as I was talking to my, my mom, she was telling me a very interesting thing because my mom has always been a Pollyanna type. Everything's always good and even when I used to tell her, hey, I act this way and I'm angry because of the bullying that happened to me when I was younger, and I would be telling her this, you know, probably from my teenage years through my adult life, um, she would always say, no, it can't be that, you know, and you, things have to be good, you, you have a good life. And that's the way she's looked at things, but she's also a person who had a very difficult life. Her dad died when she was seven. Her brother was three. Her mom had to go to work, and this would be in the 1950s. Uh, and women didn't have a lot of opportunities in the workforce. And her mother wasn't that educated, so it made it that much more difficult. So um, my mom usually sees things from a completely opposite perspective of how I see things. So I thought it would be very interesting to talk to her about this and to find out how it is that she copes uh, through her own troubles and she told me something very interesting she said uh, that she attended a meeting recently and they pick a topic and the topic was when someone doesn't like you how do you respond to that do you respond to it with what's wrong with me or what's wrong with them and based on that response gives you a world of information about yourself so of course I'm a what's wrong with me person when someone doesn't like me because I want everyone to like me. I get a lot of, of my own feelings from outside of me. Uh, whereas my mom is a what's wrong with them person because her self-esteem uh, was very high and she managed that by living, I think, a little more difficult to life early on to carry that self-esteem forward. So. You know, I think it's a very interesting conversation to have with people, especially people who are suffering uh, with issues of, of anxiety and worries about the world and the way people perceive them. Are they thinking what's wrong with me, that everyone can see these things that are wrong with me? And the truth is they can't. Uh, no one knew I was anxious or depressed or 
worried or anything unless I told them so. So the truth was that was not part of what they were worried about with me. Um, so I think that's very interesting and a very good way to start the conversation about who you are. Because if you are a person uh, like I was who uh, dealt with a childhood trauma such as bullying and knew that there was something that was causing a long-term effect, uh, I did a lot of things in my younger years after the bullying that I regret doing or at least at the time regret now have accepted as part of my journey through life um, because I wanted to please people, because I wanted people to like me. And I was always looking to the outside to find that satisfaction with life. And that was a real mistake for me. Uh, so I did things that were against my better nature, against my better judgment, in order to please people uh, that I wanted to be to like me not even necessarily to be my friend, just to like me. And when you think about that, the impact of that, that's pretty big. Uh, what are you willing to do to allow people to like you? You know, are you willing to steal? Are you willing to uh, maim, to, to kill, to rob? Uh, these things happen, believe it or not, they do. Um, so we, I was trying to figure all of this out and figure out, you know, what do you do when you're in this situation, and what was going on with me. So I knew there was something that the bullying had done to me to make me the way that I was. So I started to do studying, and I started again writing my own blog uh, about the long-term effects of bullying, and what I discovered was that I did have something credible, but it wasn't really defined in the psychological world until 2013 when the term complex post-traumatic stress disorder or CPTSD was coined. And the reason it was coined and not just called PTSD is because obviously we see PTSD as something that happens to war veterans that are in short span things that damage the psyche. Now the truth is that CPTSD and PTSD end up sort of with the same results at the end, but complex PTSD or CPTSD uh, has different reasons for happening. So, you know, what, what it means, what the definition is, is that during long-term traumas, the victim is generally held in a state of captivity, physically or emotionally. And in these situations, the victim is under the control of the perpetrator and unable to get away from the danger. So what kind of situations does, does complex post-traumatic stress disorder uh, oversee? Well, I think we, we can honestly say, okay, prisoner of war camp. So that's different than PTSD from war. You're actually held captive and you can't escape the damage and the results of what's happening to you. Uh, just as concentration camp survivors can't uh, change their situation, you know, when we think of the Holocaust, once they were in those concentration camps, there was really no way out and they were trapped. And the ones who did survive obviously had some form of CPTSD. Now, some people cope better than others. Some people are willing to let go of the past. But those of us that don't, myself inclusive, uh, 
were dealing with the ramifications of the past. So if you were a prostitute, if you were uh, dealing in long-term domestic violence, long-term child physical abuse, and this is where we talk about bullying and things like in-the-home abuse, uh, parental abuse, or even work abuse, any, any type of long-term abuse. Uh, long-term child sexual abuse. So, of course, there's a, a big movement afoot even in that era. There could be many, many podcasts about that subject alone. And finally, like organized child exploitation rings, which we know are going on, where we have these people who take children, and sometimes even the parents are selling their children uh, in order to make that happen. So, you know, what that does and what the ramifications of complex post-traumatic stress disorder are are things like stress. So we're, we're stressed all the time. And you can think of that sort of in the fight-or-flight mode. That's a natural instinct and that breaking. So for me, I was in fight-or-flight mode all the time, which has a lot of physical ramifications. For example, there's a nerve that goes right from your brain to your stomach, and it tightens your stomach so you can either fight or flight or flee. And that is happening all the time, was happening all the time for me. So I lost 20 pounds in one month because I wasn't eating, because my stomach was constantly hurting. But it was really this fight or flight thing. In fact, I actually went through every stomach test under the sun, some very painful, and just discovered that it was really this, this nerve function uh, from fight or flight that was affecting me. And it's disappointing, you know, it's disappointing to have that happen uh, and to find that out. But at the same time, I realized um, that that's okay. That, you know, once I knew what it was, and once I realized I could fight my own mind, uh, because that's an instinctual, that's like what we call the child brain. So our younger brain, a less mature brain, only has a couple of responses. And we don't really, haven't yet been taught how to negotiate or, or work our way out of a response. And that's really the problem in childhood bullying, is we really don't know enough as a child to figure out how to get out of the situations we get in. So at the end of the day, we're stuck. We're, we're in this situation and we don't really have coping mechanisms. So as you, an adult, what happens in complex PTSD, because it's about long-term issues, is you move back to the child brain. It takes over, which only has a couple of functional emotions. And in that case, that emotion is going to be, for me, was that fight-or-flight fear that I would have on the playground or any time I thought about bullies. Now it was constant, which began a stress, which then began an anxiety problem about feeling trapped and feeling scared, which then led to eventually having anxiety to the point where I thought life what really wasn't going to be any better ever for me, and I was now in depression. And that was all the path that I took. So, so really that complex post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis that is now happening well, is going to allow for research to happen to figure out how to solve and cope that. And what's so interesting about that is that as an e-learning professional working in the military and Washington, D.C. area, I have developed a lot of PTSD training where you're educating 
uh, leaders on the issue of PTSD. So it was kind of easy for me to see that this problem was stemming from this area. And I thought, really, you know, that's, that's interesting that I, I kind of already knew. And I, when I started experiencing it, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I was talking about with PTSD. But how could I have PTSD when, you know, that, that aspect of uh, my life I had never fought in a war, and I had never done this. And I respect that. I respect that the soldiers understand that. So I think as I conclude this particular podcast with you and hope that this is a good introduction to what we'll be talking about and as we have our guests and and talk further about how to live a healthier life, I'll end it with the positive, which is uh, what I learned uh, to do for me from a healthy point of view was start to eat right, uh, not eat junk, not eat things that affect your brain in a certain way, try to eat healthy. Uh, I make a green smoothie every morning, and it's amazing. I I hate missing it. It's it's something I love. Uh, Then I started with exercise, and and I am like the poster child for not doing exercise. So it was a real slow burn to get good at it, but then... All of a sudden, I set some goals for myself, like I'm going to run a couple 5K races. I'm going to go to the gym this many days a week, and I'm going to focus my workouts and learn how to do this, and also go to a yoga class that they offered. So I actually did do these things, and just a couple weeks ago, I ran my first half marathon. Now, if you had asked me two years ago, that would have been an impossibility. So it is possible because with exercise comes that endorphin high in your brain, which allows it to think positively. And those are really important aspects. So nutrition, exercise, uh, then I also do gratitude journaling, which means I find three good things in every day. So I stop ruminating about the negative and start ruminating about the positive, at least finding the positive in every day. And that could be as simple as, thank you for waking me up today. Thank you for allowing me to breathe today. Thank you for just letting me have another day of life. You have to find those things to be grateful for. And I think as we talk further through this podcast, you'll find that's going to be the biggest tips we're going to offer. Ways to find, to be grateful, to live a more happy life, a healthy life, and a way to balance that with what are the stressors that we know are out there every day. I thank you for joining me. Again, this is Alan Eisenberg from Bullying Recovery and the author of A Ladder in the Dark. I hope you'll join us for future podcasts, and I look forward to having some guests on very soon who will talk about some of their issues and how they've overcome uh, their own challenges in life and brought a more healthy life themselves, which will hopefully help you find ways to be more healthy. Again, thank you for listening to Healthy University, Healthy You, and uh, particularly uh, thanks for uh, trying it out. I hope we, uh, if you have any ideas, please go to Bullying Recovery, the website, bullyingrecovery.org, and uh, put some ideas out to me. I'm happy to come up, for you to come up with ideas that you want, and we'll find ways to talk about those subjects. Again, thanks for listening. This is Alan Eisenberg from Healthy You. You have been listening to Healthy University. This podcast is brought to you by 
Bullying Recovery, LLC. You can visit their website at bullyingrecovery.org or their Facebook page at Bullying Recovery or Twitter feed at BullyingLTE. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Healthy University.